Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for. And done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face. And done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Hey, everyone. John Roca here. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. Let's take a quick break. You know what's one of my favorite things to do post-dancing rehearsal? Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rum Haven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. On one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality shows back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Celebrate more for less at HomeSense. More yummy, the best cookware by far. And three cheers for bar. More I love it gifts from chocolate to spa to ooh la la. HomeSense, cheer is here. Phoenix trailer and already a new date. And it looks like we're getting a Deadpool PG-13 and I have many, many thoughts. We also have literally Spider-Man, Yuri Lowenthal, voice actor of uh, Spider-Man for the PS4, and John Paquette, the lead writer, are joining us in studio in a little bit. Oh, I love that game so much. Any excuse to talk about the game more, plus having Spider-Man in the house. I'm so excited. So stoked. Yuri's like the perfect Spidey. We're going to talk with him about it and so much more. This week has been crazy with news. So much. There's like, so much. Things just broke yesterday. Like, this this week has been inundating us with the news. This is episode 273, which means we're two weeks from an anniversary issue that will be regular size so John Roca doesn't kick us out. <laughs> but it could be, like, denser. I don't know how it could be denser <laughs> than this week. Uh, so let's talk, because it was after our show last week, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. We have a trailer. It dropped right after our show. We were all <laughs> very confused as to how and when, and, like, it's a week old on the internet, so we're sorry. 
I liked the trailer, but I didn't love the trailer. There were no aha moments, and there were also no, like, I'm, I, I filmed a reaction video because people love those, and I watched it back, and it's literally me watching. Because there's no, like, <laughs> so I was like, this is the worst one of these to do this. Lack for. of reaction. Yeah, just my eye, like, scrolling, scrolling. Sure is a trailer. It sure is movie. Uh, so I, I enjoyed the trailer, but it, and it reminded me why I love these these team of, of actors, why I love this team making these movies. But it also was very clear that it looks like X3 enough that I'm concerned. Mm. So Jack Phoenix, the original storyline, is one of the greatest X-Men stories of all time. Uh, and that is an obvious reason that people keep trying to put it on the screen. <laughs> uh, I don't... I am not convinced from the trailer that we have necessarily found the successful version of that but in part that depends on not like we still don't kind of know what version of events this is how much will have happened and it's just a teaser there's a lot like you know i obviously i always want to get mad because i'm like i need more storm and it's like it's the (laughs) first trailer calm down amy uh but i do hope like they they've they've set that groundwork out i love these actors Mm -hmm. uh i do love this universe uh and there's stuff in it that looks really great. It's just that it left me still, I don't know. My problem was they moved the date again as soon as they dropped the trailer. So, uh, yeah. They, they literally dropped the trailer, which said the February date, and then they moved it the next day, which shows me, one, that they want more time in CGI, but two, that they trust the film. A, a summer release, in this case, I think is a great choice because Deadpool 1 came out on that February 14th date, and they made it a love story. Deadpool 2, because now they trust the Deadpool property, came out in the summer. I think this is a very literal sign of them trusting enough to be a summer movie, much like Deadpool move. But we already heard in the news a number of conflicting rationales for this. Oh, and I'm Curious, like what what you consider the strongest of them. Um, first of all, there is the like this seems to be a whole bunch of movies slid into each other's dates. Sure. So there's some kind of domino effect stuff going on. So Deadpool or December opened up, right? And a certain thing is sliding in there, uh, and everything pushed forward like one set of obligations, which is just stuff to do with the theater chains and what you've reserved. And what they said is X Men getting pushed to June will mean that it has all of these reserved IMAX screens that were for Gambit or something okay. in China where they said, like, we will have a bigger opening because of all these, like, prior arrangements with theaters for that. But they also said, we want a little more time with the graphics. And they also said, moving it off of February, uh, takes it off of a highly competitive Chinese New Year holiday weekend. Interesting. Okay. But they also said that moving (laughs) it to June gives it that bigger opening in China. And as you said, sort of lines up with this, like, confidence of making it a summer movie. Now, is that all true at once? Because maybe they were just like, meh, the following 10 reasons. But there's a, there's a whole thing where, like, if someone gives you 10 reasons, then, like, don't believe there's, any of yeah, them. Yeah, there's one that is true that <laughs> isn't on that list. But at the same time, this trailer did look better than I expected. The, mm-hmm. the trailer overall, Simon Kinberg, first-time director, but longtime ex-scribe. He's been with the X-Men from the beginning. It looked like an X-Men movie. Uh, yeah. The Grant Morrison suits had me excited. I would rather... I like the suits. I know the internet didn't like them, but I like them. I would have rather <laughs> the suits at the end of Apocalypse, those last suits. But if we're going to get a universal team suit, I'm glad it's the Grant Morrison. Once they fit in this reality-grounded world, they've chosen to have the X-Men in. But it's not in space enough for me. I hope they're hiding that. I hope that's CGI. I hope that's coming later. But it's I a very do. grounded take on Jean, and she kills her parents. Like they, so I think Xavier is the villain of the movie because the dialogue and the voiceover sounds like they're blaming Xavier. I think he hides that Jean basically killed her parents and he suppresses that. She finds out, becomes the Phoenix. I think it's the arc they're going with, which completely changes the comic. And there doesn't seem to be a space bird. It seems to come from within her again, like X3. Which does miss the point rather <laughs> tremendously of the giant science fiction epic. We mm-hmm. knew that they weren't going to take them to a planet and have a gladiator match for the fate of the universe against Shi'ar Justice. As co- like, but, but like, Why shouldn't not? we a little bit get that? And Lalandra might be Jessica Chastain. She might be Miss Sinister. We still don't know. But I know they go to space, and I think that she's a good Lalandra. I'd like to see that, and that's how they end up in space. And the the scene where she's in the med bay, it looks like she's wearing like the undershirt of a spacesuit. Mm. So I think there's more space stuff than you think. But I'm not sure what exactly I felt was missing. I felt like something was missing, even though I like the trailer. Well, it's a lot of sowing doubt with Gene and the Professor. And it makes sense to those of us who've been following this for a long time because, it, like, everybody's favorite thing is to go back and give Professor X original sins. Like, that's just <laughs> everybody's favorite thing to do. Uh, I, 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 they can't stop. Even some of my favorite runs do this. Just Whedon, I'm looking at you. Uh, but uh, the, the, And so in that sense, it's all about, like, Gene and sort of danger and all of that. But, like, while that is a huge piece of the Phoenix story... It's not the whole story. It is missing kind of the plot elements there. It is missing sort of the, like, 
who is this team? How long have they been together? But again, it's one trailer. Right, right. So we're, we're I'm way ahead of myself yeah. here. Um, and uh, obviously I will see this movie, so it's maybe not that important. As far her. as the movie universe, did it make you happy? Like, not comparing to the comics, in the movie universe sense, the trailer really worked for me. As far as following Apocalypse and following X1 and 2 and all of the, like, the lineage to get here, I think the trailer really worked, if I'm excluding my comic knowledge. It helps if I don't think about it in terms of the larger movie universe, okay. because... Dark Phoenix is the loss of a core and beloved team member that you have been with for some time. And we just met her. And we just met her. And Ty Sheridan and her haven't really gotten to be Gene and Scott yet. I like that he's front and center, but we haven't seen their love yet. And that would have been a fun Valentine's Day movie. It could have been. And I mean, lots of movies have made me fall in love in two hours. You can do it. It can be done. But it is weird to go into like, and now the culmination. Hello. Nice to meet you, Storm. Do you have lines? (laughs) uh, You know, I'm picking on Storm, but like Storm and Nightcrawler and, and the team together and what it does to them to lose the heart is so much of what comic book Dark Phoenix is about. Mm -hmm. Now, I have to, as a moviegoer, must put that down and just see what they can do with the opportunity they have. And I hope it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I like seeing Genosha. I like seeing the Acolytes. I like seeing Fassbender back. I like that team shot where I think people have been CGI'd out of because we're going to get more X-Men than just the five in that one shot. I like all the things I saw, but I hope there's more. All right. So, Deadpool is another thing. So, yeah, what's happening in December since... What is it that moved from December to February so that Dark Phoenix could move from February to June so that Gambit could move to next year? I think it was the original slot of Phoenix in December that never got filled from Fox. Did Fox have something else in December? I never heard another date in December. I went through the article and then I forgot, so tell us in the comments. Oh, and while I'm doing corrections... Very sorry, Atticus Ross, Trent Reznor's musician and partner, who not is not the, the lead character of To Kill a Mockingbird. I really, I heard you it said, and I was, was like, so nice. this is not the time, because we have a lot of news, and it's going to be a very funny beat, which we're taking right now. So I kept saying Atticus. I never said the last name, so I was like, well, some of the sound bites. <laughs> I was trying to not correct you on air, so instead it was like, Atticus Finch. He's Please a very wise. Feel free to let me know if I have accidentally started talking about mid-century novels in <laughs> To kill a nine-inch nail. <laughs> so last week, uh, Atticus uh, Finch was the composer. <laughs> now Atticus Ross is. Congrats. Yeah, so uh, Deadpool, I believe, I'm not sure what slot it filled, but it is taking a, de- a December slot. Now, very misleading articles came out saying new Deadpool movie, untitled Deadpool movie, etc., etc. in December. It is a PG-13 cut of Deadpool, which will have a lot of additional photography. We know there's a Princess Bride scene. We know that Fred Savage is reprising his role as the character from The Princess Bride. All of that excites me to no end. As you all know, I am a diehard Deadpool fan. I think the pros are we can have some fun extreme censorship. We can have commentary on censorship. We can do that Cusco thing where he pauses the movie, acknowledges this is PG-13. We can play with Unexpected a lot of things. Emperor's New Group. That is an Emperor's New Group. <laughs> so, Us and 2% of that audience. Patrick Warburton, shout out. Yeah. Uh, so all of those things I think really work. Uh, and I think that PG-13, as we'll discuss with Venom, really works at the right time. But I think the problem with Deadpool is PG-13 is that's what we fought for. Uh, it took 11 years for the movie and it made rated R. And it took 11 years because the R-rated character is what separates him from Spider-Man. It separates him from all the other vigilante characters. Without an R-rated Deadpool, that character feels neutered, and I'm really worried that this isn't just them trying to get past that billion-dollar mark for Deadpool 2, so it's a $2 billion franchise. This Are you isn't sure? Just... Because that's a great idea and likely to work. But, um, yeah, it is what's happening. <laughs> and it's also, it's also Fox filling a slot with a known property. It's also them trusting Deadpool. My concern is the timing. This is now a property that was rated R that is getting merged into Marvel, and if a PG-13 does well, we will not get an R-rated X-Force. We will not get an X-Force that is going to be the movie that it would have been because now Marvel and Disney can go, oh look, the PG-13 worked fine. Let's do that. And that's my concern. It's not about this particular movie. I love the idea of kids getting a Deadpool 2 that can actually see it that are kids. That's great. I'm just worried it's going to do well enough that we'll lose the Deadpool we've had for two movies and then Marvel can say, well, we're a Disney company. We'd prefer this character to be a little more subdued. I'm afraid of the precedent this sets. Hmm. It's hard for me to think of this PG-13 recut Christmas release as a test balloon for something because it's sort of so bizarre Mm -hmm. uh, that it's like, this is clearly its own thing and you aren't going to be able to draw many conclusions about it because it is specifically a movie that already came out in a different family-friendly cut for Christmas and it's, I, I like, its success or failure will, will say a lot of things, but I don't know what it'll say about like, 
if it makes a lot of money, it might just be because people love R-rated Deadpool. Right. Like, if it doesn't make a lot of money, it might just be because people already saw the movie. I don't know how they can draw sort of super useful conclusions. Now, if it makes 18 bajillion dollars, then you might be right, and they might be like, ha-ha, we've proven. But I feel like they would already... They would already have confidence in if they decided to do a Deadpool PG-13, they would already be like, look, we're going to have tweens money. We're not like I, I don't know. I think the confidence would be there either way. I'm not sure how this movie will play into it. I just think that it is the timing is concerning. I just mm-hmm. think that with the merger happening as we speak and with Deadpool being the thing that even Rob Liefeld uh, on Instagram was like, we're not sure where the movie's going to be going forward and all those things. I think the timing's really concerning about where someone can point to something they wouldn't have an example before. There is no PG-13 Deadpool to point to because X-Men Origins Wolverine wasn't Deadpool. And you might but, be right that it might serve as a creative test to see, like, is this, is this still character fun? Option. But, like... I mean, it's going to be such a weird... What, 20-minute movie? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it's going to be. I... I'm just worried about the precedent. Like, and I'm, I'm a very optimistic person, but I think this could be an opportunity for the same people that said that like, Apocalypse should look like the Power Rangers villain can go, look, a PG-13 Deadpool can work. I'm just worried about when we get a Deadpool 3, it not being Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool he's had to date. And that's something Tim Miller was worried about. Tim Miller wanted to make a more contained movie, and then Deadpool 2 got bigger and bigger, and it lost some of that... Diff- the first movie had a different kind of heart than the second movie's heart. I'm worried a PG-13 is going to have even different, and then you're going to lose that amazing pulse that is Deadpool. So that's that's my concern with this re-release. Will you go see it? Oh, 100%. I'm part of the problem. <laughs> I'm shooting myself in the foot. I'm saying, I don't want it to make money, but here's my money because I love Deadpool. <laughs> I am the problem. Everybody else, stay home. Just Koi in I'm the theater alone. I'll enjoying... tell you how it is. No, and I think people should Koi see and a it. bunch of 10-year-olds. Yeah, just <laughs> cheering Deadpool. <laughs> and I want kids to be able to see it, and I want it to do well. I want Deadpool to do well always. This isn't me saying not to go see the movie. It is me saying it's a very slippery slope, and now there's an opportunity for someone high up to say, look at PG-13 Deadpool working. This is the thing. We lost <laughs> FX's Deadpool already. We lost Donald Glover's Deadpool. We've already lost the the most accurate voice of Deadpool I had ever read in those 11 pages. I'm really worried about the Disney overarchy causing a problem, which is a word I'm going to make up. <laughs> this is very weird. Like, are they going to do a home video release of this version of Deadpool? Or is this literally a giant commercial for 10-year-olds of a movie they can't legally buy? Good God, that's a terrifying thought. Uh, it might be the latter. It might be literally <laughs> like, hey, I know you kids all wanted to see it. Here's a version. But, I mean, time will tell. We just got the announcement. I, I love this first shot. I love Princess Bride, Fred Savage. I love all of the things that Ryan Reynolds can do in making fun of the rating. I just don't want it to be the death of the R-rated version of the character I love. And I will point out, you have read a lot of Deadpool comics, and some of them are less inappropriate than others, and there. he has survived. He has. He has, absolutely. And there is an audience, and I want everyone to be happy. I just don't want to lose my boy. So, speaking of PG-13, we saw a movie last night. We did. We saw Venom, and we are going to do a spoiler review that goes up tomorrow. Full spoiler tomorrow. Uh, it'll be on Collider. It'll be specifically just for Venom, but like a non-spoiler, like one minute thought. What do you think? Like a 30 second. <laughs> it's going to take more than 30 seconds. It's, a, it's an interesting movie, uh, and if you are into the specific movie that it, that it is, you are going to have a good time. And if you are not, you're going to have a different experience. <laughs> uh, and it, like, but yeah, a, a fuller recommendation. Like if, hmm, if the things you're hearing about the movie sound fun to you, you are going to have fun. Mm. Like, uh, and, and fuller review to come, but, but a very, an odd start, but like pretty fun to watch in its way. My brief review is that they went with a very different tone than the trailers, but I understand the trailers being the tone they chose because that's what got the 60 to 70 million tracking. I get that. It is not the thriller horror movie that Venom could have been. It is very much like when you have a team of writers and then the comic changes writers. It's the same character, but a different perspective. I like the perspective they chose. I had to accept it. I had to go like, oh, right, that is the thing we're going to be doing because it's it's a comedy horror and that is not what i expected and i really liked it once my brain was like oh but we're that here element now. of it is the only venom thing about it right it's the only thing that actually sets it apart from like the the sort of random sci-fi movie that it is it, yeah it's, uh, a, it's a horror comedy sci-fi film that is pg-13 that work it's and it was always written as pg-13 this is one of the most pg-13 movies i've seen like this r-rated cut wouldn't have worked because they would have just cut off their own legs they would have lost the audience that's going to enjoy it 13 15 16 30 year olds all are going to enjoy it but definitely kids get their venom and i really liked it because it wasn't so self-serious it wasn't as world building as marvel it reminded me of the fun of comic movies without it being like this has to set everything up but it's still at easter eggs there's a lot of nods to the comics but it's definitely not 
not the tone they've advertised. But I really, once, like I said, once I accepted it, I had a great time. I was cheering. I was laughing. I stood up twice. I was, I was a problem. You stood uh, up? I stood up. I literally at one point went, yeah! If you were up. in the theater behind Corey, tweet me. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, whoever, what press was behind me? They were like, this guy in front of the theater even laughed at this joke so hard he stood. Uh, but yeah, I had a really great time. But I, I definitely feel like I'll be defending this movie. This is going to be a movie that I'm going to be like defending for years to come. I can see why people won't like it. But like Rango and SWAT and Speed Racer, there are movies that I love that I have to just explain my way through. I think that this is, is a weird one. set of movies. <laughs> So, uh, any more thoughts on Venom before we do a spoiler tomorrow? So many, uh, but, like, it is, there are a lot of funny moments, some moments that you're not sure whether they're supposed to be funny, and then you come back around to thinking that you're probably supposed to think that they're funny. Uh, some of its best moments are sort of classic universal horror monster feels mm-hmm. um, that, that creep in from time to time. Uh, Tom but, Hardy had a great time. And it did seem like people were having a lot of fun. A lot of it is kind of ridiculous, but like people did seem to be having a really good time in the movie, uh, which, which comes through. Um, and we will have a lot more to say on that one. But first today, before you watch that tomorrow, we have some minor mutations, and boy, do we have a bunch for you. So the minor mutations this week just kept coming at us. There was so much news. And first of all, we had... Yeah, our first big update after we filmed the show last week, uh, talking about the potential spoiler, uh, casting for Birds of Prey, we got some solid news. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Huntress, and uh, I'm going to learn her name. It's Journey Smollett. There's yep. another word. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. That's as far as I get, too. But she has been cast. She's Black Canary, uh, and it, I think it's going to be a fabulous match. Uh, and we uh, have rumors flying that they might have a black mask coming soon. And those two names are very exciting. We'll talk about that in a minute. We also have Titans is getting a Netflix release internationally. A lot of people have been tweeting us like, oh, I love the DC Universe, but what do I do? I'm here, here, here. Now, at least Titans will be on Netflix, and that's really exciting. So this will be spreading worldwide, not just domestically. I think that's a great choice. Although maybe bad news if you want a DC Universe in your country, Ooh, or maybe good news because it's around longer. Because I'm always just drinking lemonade. I don't even <laughs> see the lemons. I'm just like, yeah, you're getting Titans. <laughs> Speaking of lemonade, we have a delicious, just because it's delicious, uh, <laughs> we got an Into the Spider-Verse trailer, and it's so good. I want to live in this movie. Uh, that's my review of the new Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse trailer. It does feel like a refreshing cup of lemonade in the summer, that trailer. Uh, we also have a Runaway Season 2 trailer that is very short, but reminds us how much we love these characters and that it's coming December 21st, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, we got an interesting piece of knowledge <laughs> this week on Vero. Uh, we found out that in the original plan for Snyder's DCEU... Batman would have eventually bit the bullet, a la Final Crisis. Yeah, Zack Snyder keeping Vero alive one man at a time. We also got news, we actually saw and got news about Marvel Rising Secret Warriors. We both saw it, we got the premiere, it was spectacular, I'm going to dive in and talk about that. And we found out that the sequel, the next Marvel Rising, which will be a series, will be the debut in movies of Ironheart, which I'm very excited to share. Riri. Uh, we got a Daredevil Season 3 trailer, suitably dark, very exciting, we're almost there. And then, also suitably dark, and the most hellish Hellboy we've ever seen, full horns all the way out. David K. Harbour of Stranger Things fame is Hellboy. He looks amazing. It's Mike Mignola come to life. I'm so excited. We uh, have a slew of indie option announcements this week. It was a good week for independent comics, so I picked a representative one. October Faction uh, is going to go at Netflix, a horror comic uh, from Steve Niles from IDW. You should be looking out for all of the... Like, someone at Netflix actually reads comics. Someone because must. they keep scooping these things up, and it's just like... These are deep cuts. Good for you. Good job. <laughs> I've talked to producers who don't understand comics, and they're like, okay, what's hot right now? And it's like, this is not that person. This person knows. They found one of us, they hired him at Netflix, and it's going well. <laughs> and then we also have some tragic news. Uh, we lost both Carlos Esquara and Norm Brayfogle. Carlos worked on, he was the co-creator of Judge Dredd, and Norm Fogle was an iconic Batman illustrator. If you've read Batman, you know his work. He brilliant work. These are both titans of the industry, and we are, are definitely trying to shine more light on the comic book side of things. We wanted to make sure they got the love that we lost them this week. Yeah. So yeah. So what's your side of you, Corey? Uh, well, I gotta say that. The Spider-Verse trailer, I gotta, I gotta, since we're having a Spidey-centric episode with Yuri coming in, I gotta mm-hmm. talk about the Spider-Verse trailer, because Spider-Verse was 
a go get them project that I was excited at from the teaser. The animation was different. The choices were bold. It was a Miles Morales debut. It's a theatrical animated film. And I don't watch a lot of cartoons. I will own this. I don't watch even the Marvel Avengers stuff or the DC stuff. That's incredible. I've seen more DC than the Marvel because it's like someone puts it in your hand. They're like, this is the best example of blah, blah, blah. So you have to watch it. But I don't watch cartoons a lot. Um, This is one of my most anticipated movies in a long time, and every single trailer only gets me more excited. This trailer gave us full Spider-Man noir. It gave us so much Spider-Ham. It gave us the tone and comedy of this, and the art is getting more and more refined. All of the the speed of frames that I've loved, the scope of it, the the textures, all of it looks better and better, and we see Spider-Gwen's face. She looks amazing. The shot of her drumming that turns into her color palette, that's exactly her color palette. There's so much... Shout out to Rico Renzi. The love of the comics is is the thing I love most about this trailer and the fact that we get such a different Spider-Man than we've ever seen before and we get such a different Miles because we haven't had him in theatric. Like, I... What do you think? I'm so excited. I loved it. Like, it's just the artistry on display. Like, the design of the world, the way things move, the way things interact with each other. And then Peter Porker's better him. Yeah. Like, it's 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 all the things I want. The, you know, the, the, the question of, like... We all hope that it will still feel like Miles' story, even if as crowded as it is with a million spider people. Sure. But, like, while I'm trying to be, like, cool and professional about it, everything about it looks great. I'm so excited for this movie. It has five villains in the trailer. That trailer has Prowler, Green Gob- Ultimate Green Goblin, Tombstone, Scorpion, and Kingpin. Not only that, but it has different universes, villains, because it looks like a traditional animated series Kingpin or 616 Kingpin. Ultimate Green Goblin, that's in Peter Parker's Ultimate. The Ultimate Prowler from Miles' Ultimate. And then Tombstone from the OG 70s comics that were like drawn from Spectacular Spider-Man era. And a Scorpion that looks like a mix between the Ultimate run where he's mutated and the classic James Jonah Jameson hired him. It is so deep cut, five villains, and it doesn't feel overcrowded. So not only is it crowded with Spider-Man, it's crowded with villains, and it all looks like it works. I couldn't be more excited. This is like December, cannot come soon enough. And they moved it up a week. It is now December 14th, not the 21st. So you can see it, and then Deadpool the next weekend. Oh, yeah. This holiday season. Thank you. <laughs> Comic book culture. Also, both of those things are really family-friendly, and I really like that this... <laughs> I, mean, I can't believe this is it. real. Deadpool PG-13 is for the purpose of being family-friendly, which means when you go home, when you see your family, and they try to understand you better, take them to Spider-Verse, take them to Deadpool, and go, this is the weird stuff. I like mom and dad. Hope you like it, and you Deadpool can all bond. Deadpool is for the children for the children i guess <laughs> uh i would like to uh, journey smollett bell i'm learning it i'm gonna not met i'm so sorry uh journey smollett bell is the name of the woman playing black canary mm-hmm. uh and i just wanted to make sure i got that on because i didn't put it in the notes like an idiot uh, but i'm i'm excited about the birds of prey casting mm-hmm. mary elizabeth winston i think could have brought a number of different superhero energies like it's interesting to like she could have played any of the sort of more straight arrow superheroes very easily. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting to see her as Huntress, who's traditionally sort of on the edge all the time. Um, but she's fabulous. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. And as we said last week, update your Scott Pilgrim superhero memes accordingly. <laughs> and the rumor attached to that with the two black mask uh, ideas of casting. Charlotte Copley is always a good time. I really love the idea of Ewan McGregor. These I, are just rumors, but rumors. Uh, I'm in. Both of those rumors I'm so in, and usually casting I'm like a little caveat. Both of those totally sell me, because Black Mass works for a lot of different types of actors playing it, so both of those are exciting. And both of those in a comic movie, I'm all for. I'm going to, uh, I'm tiny bit, to segue to another one. I don't know about the Hellboy look. Oh, like, let's I'm all in on this movie. Good. I'm all in on David Harbour, but there's something about the sort of, the sort of veiny, uh, like, 80s prosthetic look that like doesn't quite square with what I get out of looking at a Mike Mignola panel. Okay. Um, in a way that the slightly more cartoony Ron Perlman one did. Now they do need to set themselves apart. Uh, but I I don't know what's what like maybe once they cut the horns off it'll look more like Hellboy to <laughs> me. Even Hellboy. though they look fabulous, like and and very well realized. It's interesting because like he is a big scary devil, but he's like a big cuddly scary devil. Mm-hmm. So you lose the cuddly in this. A little bit. For me, I see this as that like that that 70s, 80s, like super metal version of, of Hellboy. And mm-hmm. that was always something that I feel like, not Mignola art, certainly, but some of the storytelling elements tied into it. Like certain people are afraid of Hellboy, and that's part of the storyline. And I wouldn't be afraid of the Perlman one. And mm. I wouldn't be afraid of some of the drawings of Hellboy. But like when you do the flashback episodes uh, issues or certain issues that tell like him when he was full Hellboy, he was scarier. So for me, this image was them definitely differentiating the 
themselves, but also going like, this is a different version and it's going to be more aggressive. It ties into the mythology, but it's not exactly the thing we've already had. So it's not a rehash. And this image is so striking and powerful and terrifying. And it, it's just, it's so metal. Like I, I just, I love it. And I love David Harbour. I, so yeah. I, I'm really sight on the scene I was in and this image really just sold me. And I, I would be in on that, on that basis. Uh, Should we talk about Batman? I, Yes. Uh, quickly, we want to say that Batman would have died potentially in Justice League 2. That is the rumor. So uh, Zack Snyder... Or a on... future, like eventually in the whatever, however many movies were in the plan. Down the line. Yeah. And I want to be someone to say, I get it because he's a human in a metahuman world, but I can't imagine killing Batman. So I understand from a storytelling standpoint, from a logic-based standpoint, but it's a very interesting thing to just have, like, once again, Zack Snyder's keeping Vero open. So I'm really curious about, like, these random announcements that he's keeping us up to date with. That's a very interesting take, and I just, I wanted to at least mention it. It fits in with the sort of, his desire to kind of put his own stamp on the universe and do things in a certain way. I, I do, like, in some ways, if, if his entire movie thing was, like, an Elseworlds quintology book, <laughs> yeah. I, I think maybe... It, I would have had a different experience with it sure. if it was just like, this is basically like Red Sun, but like a bunch of things over here. Right. Um, and that, so this makes sense for that, like him trying to tell a big operatic vision. Whether I would have loved it in the end, we'll never know. Got it. Yeah, I agree. Now, next week, uh, we get Daredevil Season 3, so we're not going to talk about the trailer, but it is out. I think you should check it out. It's this beautiful, evil and good duality through a mirror thing, and... Uh, Kingpins in white, Daredevils in black, so it's a really interesting take on hero and villain. And Daredevil's been really good about doing that from the beginning. This trailer's fantastic. So, any of those you want to talk about before we have a um, The only joins? other thing is watch Marvel Rising Secret Warriors. Oh, it's so it's good. really good. Yeah, it's you... on Disney XD, so if you've got Disney XD or you know a kid, uh, <laughs> they're getting hooked on superheroes right now. Big shout outs to Marvel and DC for everything they're doing right now to make uh, to give kids ways into superheroes. It makes me so happy. And that particular team is so accessible, and they tell the story so well. So you don't need to know a thing about them. They really miss Marvel. Was amazing. I loved Squirrel Girl in it. The entire team behind it. Some of these people have been working with Marvel Animation since Black Panther on BET. Some of them, are like the VP, she does documentaries about how important it is to bring superheroes into the mainstream. I love that team. I love the voice cast. Marvel Rising is spectacular. Support that those people. That team. They're right. doing good stuff. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Hey, Collider fans, John Roca here. Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games. Gamefly puts video games where they belong in the hands of the gamers who love them. With your monthly subscription to Gamefly.com, you can pick your favorite games from over 9,000 titles and have them mailed directly to your door. Don't waste your money buying this year's new game titles before you know if they're even worth it. With Gamefly, you have access to all the newest game releases and you can keep them to play for as long as you want. So that's one monthly fee, unlimited video game rentals of all the most popular titles from Madden to Call of Duty and over 9,000 thousand titles to choose from so you can find most of your favorites keep the games as long as you want no late fees no due dates and when you're tired of it just mail it back and they'll send you a new game of your choosing and they offer movie rentals now as well go to gamefly.com slash collider and start your free premium 30-day trial today the premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time you can only get this offer by visiting gamefly.com slash collider now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days
So we'll, uh, we can dive into more next week. There's a lot of these that are going to be setting up interesting things. But first, we have an interview that I am so excited about because I have been doing very little else but playing a certain game. This has corrupted my life. This game, I hadn't gamed since PS2. I didn't own a system. <laughs> I spent $400 plus on one game and had no regrets because this game was so good. This was a Spider-Man I never thought I'd see because I didn't have a single note. And as a nerd, I get aggressive with my boy Spidey. So he's my phone. He's my wallet. He's everything to me. And he and the head writer of the game are in the studio today. What's up, man? It's like we just appeared out of nowhere. Just, I'm going to rant for 30 seconds so they get a chance yeah. to walk in. Yeah. Just let him go. Let him talk. <laughs> yeah. Please welcome your Lowenthal and John Paquette, lead Hi. writer. Hi. How's it going, guys? Spidey PS4. Yeah. How's it going? So good. Great. Great. Yeah. yeah. We were just talking in the in, in the green room about how great is it to to be to have worked on a game that everybody loves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's it true. just doesn't happen all the time. It's, it's, yeah, you yeah. know. And, is that? So a, I mean, that must be kind of a heartbreak. It's thousands of hours. Right. Yeah. True. I mean, it's we work really hard on on these games, and and this one especially was was one that you know we're all fans, you know. So when we got the opportunity to, to work on a Spider Man game, we we're like, oh. And I know, yeah. I know you as well. I, yeah, dream come true. Yeah, dream come true. It made me super nervous because I knew the mantle I was carrying. But it, I also knew that because there were so many, you know, spider nerds on the team, <laughs> that they weren't going to let it. Official spider nerds, <laughs> right? Blue uh, check mark spider nerds, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, that I that I knew that they weren't going to let me fall on my face either. So, so can I start with like what was the what was the when was the phone call? Or what was that like? This is uh, happening. You was, are Spider-Man. It was a bunch of phone calls. Yeah. I mean, I could tell. I could tell sort of yeah, what, yeah. What, it, what it looked like from my side, and you tell me what it looked yeah. like from the inside. <laughs> yeah. that I've, I don't yes. know that I've ever quite yeah. heard of, you know, that whole story, <laughs> but it, it's it all started the, the germination when you guys were doing a test mm-hmm. to to pitch Insomniac to do the game. Like you didn't even have the job yet. Yeah. Um, and so we recorded a, a test, me and another actor, and we we all knew it was no there was no guarantee. Um, and then they went and they took it off, and I didn't hear it for a long time. And then, and then they started auditioning, and, and I came in several times. I mean, it was obviously, you know, it was something this big. That was when you had it's, the mohawk, I remember. And right, that's right, I yeah. had a mohawk. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to be auditioning for Spider-Man. I clearly had the wrong haircut. That was a while ago. I'm glad you reminded me. Yeah, because yeah. you remember. we both had mohawks. Yeah. Because we saw each other. We were both like, <laughs> what choices are we making? Yeah, it was that Spidey meme where we were looking yeah, at each other. Literally. Yeah, um, and, and then it was, you know, it was this long audition process. You can only imagine they, they want to be really careful about that thing um because it's spider-man and then it finally then finally they said yes and i was extremely happy it was totally wasn't nervous the whole time we were auditioning i was tr- i was trying to be like that's no big deal you know spider-man whatever <laughs> did you know it was spider-man coming in because i know we had to be really like whenever well, we audition we we try to like change all the names and and you know like say this isn't but Let's, it was like instead of Peter, it was Paul, you know, <laughs> right? But, right, but Paul and and NJ or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, yeah. right. But it was pretty you know, obvious. Was, yeah, I think I think if you know the characters and you know the stories, you know the comics, you know With the world. With great strength comes great, great judgment judge- about self choices. <laughs> yeah. right. What a character this yeah. is! Yeah, that sounds familiar. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think even even though it was couched in mystery, the the sides you would get, I, I knew what it was. Yeah. Yeah, so that that big like pause when you know between like the first test because we worked with Yuri on on Sunset Overdrive that was mm-hmm. the game that, right. that we did right before Spider Man and uh, and we we're like all right well, let's just get a, a test in there you know like figure out what these characters are and that's how I usually start a game is I, I write a bunch of scenes to like find the tone mm-hmm. uh, you know and so we you know we, we did that and then we went back and and said oh man this is going to be real like like Marvel wants to do it Sony wants to do it um, this is going to be crazy. And then we worked for a long time, like, figuring out what exactly are we going to do? Like, what is this game really about? Um, so we had a lot of meetings, talked to a lot of people, um, you know, really, you know, did a lot of research. The way that I like to say it is that we, like, we watched everything, we read everything, mm-hmm. and we played all the, all the old games, and then we tried to forget all that mm-hmm. because we, we wanted to make an original story, something yeah. that hadn't been done before. But we had to kind of understand what the DNA of a great Spider-Man story was, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? In order to do that, you, you read everything and then try to forget it. Um, this is exactly what I'm interested in, actually. In looking through all that material, what were some of the things that jumped out that you were like, this is what we want to do? So uh, there, there's a couple things. First of all, um, the humor. You know, I think that's what, what makes uh, Spider-Man... Spider-Cop. Yeah, Spider-Cop. Oh, Spider-Cop. 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 Show. Yeah, so, so many You can thank Ben Arthman, one of our other writers, for, for that one. Oh, um, yes. That was great. I remember when he brought, we brought in those scripts that one day. 
And you could tell he was like, I, and he's like, they don't think it's going to work. They don't think it's going to work. I don't think this is going to work, but I, but I need you to do it. Like, I, I, this is too crazy. We don't think it's going to work. And then we made it work. And then yes. everyone was like, yes! Well, so what's great about that, I'm going to go off on a tangent. What's great about that specific mission is that that was a, a mission. It's early in the game, and it, it's one of those, like, oh, we need a tutorial to, like, help teach the open world systems and all that. And, and we had made a lot of different you know, we, we did, did a lot of different things in that mission. So he rewrote that mission like eight, ten times. Oh, my gosh. Right? Without Spider Cop. It was just like, you know, various different things. Mm-hmm. And then I think he got to a, a, a place where he was just like, screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a new character in here. Spider Cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, I remember reading that, and, it, and, and I was like, this is either going to work really well or it's going to fall flat on its <laughs> yeah. face. You know, Spider-Man humor is that. Like yeah. Spidey making right. jokes, it's either him being embarrassed he just said it out loud or the villain being like, I begrudgingly accept this joke. Yeah. So yeah, I think that really works for in-game humor. Yeah, so, so back to that, that question about what, what we kind of gleaned from, from reading and watching everything. Um, humor is, is important, but it, what's important is that he uses it as a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. right? Like he, whenever he's nervous or, or like, you know, overwhelmed, he'll crack a joke. Um, and so that's that's a big part of it. Um, another big part of it is that um, what we said a lot, which is um, Peter Parker and, and Spider-Man are two different characters, and the best stories are when, when their worlds collide, right? Mm. And so we said early on, um, we really want to focus on Peter as well as Spider-Man, you know? Um, and we felt like that's something that not a lot of games had done before. Mm. Um, and really showing, like, whenever Peter wins, Spider-Man loses, and yeah. whenever Spider-Man wins, Peter loses, mm, you know? Parker luck. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's something that we wanted to, to make sure that we, we really, you know, got mm-hmm. into everything. And then finally, just, you know, sacrifice. Like, the, the idea that, you know, nothing is easy for Peter Parker. Right. And whenever he has to make, you know, hard choices, like, he's got to sacrifice something. That's know? why we love, that's why we love Peter Parker. Yeah. That's why we love Spider-Man. We all yeah. identify. The it's, underdog yeah. is us. Yeah, he doesn't have all the money or all the power or all the, you know, any of that. He's still got to deal with those same things that we deal with day to day right right the book of the book it felt like a series of books it (laughs) felt like a greatest hits from the whole run of comics like there were shades of ditko straczynski uh slot obviously conway there were so many authors that i felt their fingerprints on was there any titles that you picked up while you were developing the game that you hadn't or is there anything you or had you just left it all behind yeah we tried to leave it all behind and and you know because we we said from the beginning we wanted it to be an original story Mm -hmm. insomniac's version of spider-man we didn't want to be inspired or too inspired by anything right. that had come before. So we tried to just, you know, like, like I said, when we read everything, we tried to put that in our hearts, you know, and then let right. our hearts speak when, when we were writing, you know, uh, the rest of the game. Although yeah. that did go lifting moment in the oh, first that, Oh, sure. Yeah. Issue 33 yeah. cover happening in the yeah. first 10 minutes. I took a photo of it, and that was one of my first tweets where I was like, I can't even hang. Like, this is my favorite cover. That's great. And I literally found myself swinging in ways that would reflect covers and then taking photos yeah. and just, like, having them for me. Just, just that's for me. Yeah, Yuri yeah. and I were just talking about photo mode. Uh, Unbelievable. And how, you know, that's something that came along pretty late in development. Mm. And, yeah. and, you know, we knew we wanted to do it, but, but it was, you know, like... In terms of, oh, we got to get all the bugs out and actually make the game fun, that was kind of off to the side. But mm-hmm. when, when it finally came in, nobody knew it was going to be such a big hit. Like, people are yeah. just loving, like, making their, their own comic covers and, you know, taking all the photos. It's, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, selfies. I, 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 I love it. You, yeah. you, couldn't, you couldn't have predicted that. Yeah. It's, There's the something so fundamentally important. joyful about, like... Because I've I've gone into a lot, I've happily gone into a lot of video games where everything is bleak and terrible, mm-hmm. like, and you have sure. a great time with the world falling apart around you, and sure. like, you know, I played the Batman Arkham games, and I love them, and they're full of darkness, and this is like, what if that, but everything's just inspiring, even when your heart is breaking, mm-hmm. and right. I feel like that's part of the reason that photo mode has been so huge, is that people are sharing these moments of joy, and you've just set them mm-hmm. up for that on every corner of every yeah. street. Yeah, well, a lot of that comes from Yuri. Everybody loves Yuri, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's John. Yeah, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. I mean, it, you know, I said we worked with Yuri on Sunset Overdrive, and and you know, when we were doing the casting for this, it was like, can we find somebody that really embodies that that like lovable, uh, you know, dork? Yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> I uh, wear it with a honor person who who has you know the the uh, the underdog kind of you know energy and youthful energy. You know, there's there's something about you know the way that Yuri delivers a line that you know when we write it, we're we're like, I don't know if this is going to work, and then Yuri delivers it. And, oh my God, that works so much better than than what I thought. But also, he embodies a character so much that I'll sometimes write lines. Like, for jokes. Like, the way that we write jokes is... Or the way that I write jokes is that I usually write, like, five or six terrible ones. Um, 
and, and like we try to pick the best one. But sometimes I'll write one and just say, Yuri, make something up. You know? And he's in, <laughs> he's, in the, he's in the VO booth, and he'll make something up that's better than the five ones that, that come before. He's Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. After, yeah, after, I, I, I love that, that after we, we got into it, you guys just started trusting me with stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that was, it's great. Yeah. What was that like for you in the prep phase? When, when you found out you were Spider-Man, and I heard their, their trajectory of Leave It Behind, was there anything that Spider-Man-wise that you kept close to the vest, or were you trying to be... Because it's a completely different take. I love that he's an adult. I love that you made him your own. Yeah, I and and I and I, I again also had, hadn't honestly read Spider-Man for the last couple couple decades, probably mm-hmm. even. I you know I had not kept up. You know, occasionally I'd, I'd dip in here and there, but I was not into it like I was when I was much younger. Um, and it was much more an exercise of trust. Trust you know, they had cast me for a reason for what I brought to it. Trust that you know they had uh, a plan for, for the story and the character, and we were going to work together to build it. Um, and, and I went with that. And it's funny, I've started, now, now, now that we're done with this, I've started reading Spider-Man. <laughs> like, I, 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 like, I was like, okay, now we need to go back and read all these arcs that, you know, were discussed when, you know, people yeah. were like, hey, did you touch on this? Or you were you influenced by that? So now I'm going back to actually... Is it weird and personal now, where you're like, how dare you do that to me? Uh, not, not quite, not quite. But although it was interesting getting the, the new Spider-Geddon number zero out the other day, I'm like... Yeah. Canon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm in it. Your suit shows up in the Spider-Verse trailer. I saw I that know. yesterday. It's behind yeah. in a, in a they chamber. Must, they must have snuck that in I recently. Know. I know. I want to I want to find out who did that and and what yeah. the conversations were to get that in there cuz it's so cool. Yeah. Because it's just it's just enough for people to to go frame by frame on the internet, which is what yeah. the internet is for, <laughs> and and find that and just explode. Like people's yeah. heads blew up yesterday. It's full canon in two mediums as of this week, like right. a comic right. and that. That's insane. So yeah. you guys have three mediums covered, and that was that was another thing I really liked about the game is you chose villains that are iconic, that are very memorable, but they all felt new and fresh. As did the Spider-Man. When you were building the game, how did you go about picking the villains? Because they're all like greatest hits. Yeah, well, uh, at the beginning, we, we have a couple rooms at our, at our office that are just white, whiteboards, you know? So we, we wrote a bunch of villains up there, and we're like, okay, which ones really, you know, work well? Not only for the story, but for mm-hmm. the gameplay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then we, you know, just explored, and we said, you know, what would these look like if we modernized them? You know, what would our take on, on these villains be? Um, and, uh, and then we had to, to start crossing names off the list because there's so many. Sure. And you really needed, like, a focused story, even though there's so many characters yeah. in this story, and that, that was a different challenge. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, uh, you, you really need to, to, you know, bring it down. And then at some point along the way, the idea of the Sinister Six came about, and we're like, oh, yeah, we could, you know, yeah. we got to add a couple maybe to, you know, right. get the Sinister Six. But, um, you know... I can go on about storytelling in video games. Like we, we throw a lot of stuff out and you know make a lot of changes along the way. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes we recorded. Of, yeah, that, you know that we re-recorded and re-recorded and <laughs> yeah. re-recorded. Or, the next you know, ten changing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But see, but see, they, I know they also <laughs> want to avoid that. a lot of people's you know complaints about DLC is like, oh, that's just stuff you guys threw out and you're just repackaging. I'm like, not for this game. <laughs> not, for, <laughs> this is, not for this game. You guys, you guys, you guys are like sweat. Like I got the sparks are flying. You're like, we got a big DLC that's as cool as the game. You know, it is yeah. crazy. Well, yeah. it, it's the experience you guys put together is it, one of the things that video games can do is it is such a rich experience that everything else starts to feel lacking where it's like you're doing something in some other medium and you're like I don't have a live running social feed commenting on everything that's happening which I like I'm going to end up 100%ing the social feed like (laughs) (laughs) but like there's so much to it there's the J. Jonah Jameson bits that evolve and there's the these are this is just compliment time but like the heart of compassion that y'all put in this game from from tiny details like the pride flags in New York to the early mission where you rescue someone and then try to talk her into going by feast, mm-hmm. uh, it feels so Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, and, which I love because then your your heart is just on board for everything that is to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can we use this as a yeah opportunity just for me to compliment you on you. stuff I, you know, <laughs> since, since we're doing that? I mean, some of these characters that we've seen so many times are are not only brand new, but people are saying it's the it's the best they've ever seen them portrayed. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, Doc Ock. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, a lot of that is because is of Bill. It's Bill. Yeah. I mean, Bill. Bill is, <laughs> is, is a master, and and, and yeah. you know, J. Jonah Jameson. You know, yeah, Darren. Darren DePaul's Oof. take on that, but. But it, you if know, you've never watched Darren DePaul in, in the booth as he's doing JJJ, like I think in his first session, 
I was I was watching him in the booth. I I gotta get a video of this, and I had to send it back to the to the team because he's he's doing this as he's like right. ranting and raving. It's so good. I mean, luckily Darren's a huge nerd, and yeah. he was the right person to cast yeah. for that. But yeah, I, but you know, as as actors, we can't trust me. We cannot do that without the writing. Like I, that is because I've tried in the past, yeah. and it d- that doesn't always work. Well, it's definitely more than than one person. I will say. No, you know, yes, we had a team of writers: mm-hmm. Chris Gage and, and Ben Arfman. Mm-hmm. But also, one of the things that's that's unique about video game storytelling is that you have this whole team of people, um, and and there's so many tools in your toolbox as as a storyteller. That like the social feed is a good example. Um, that was written by everybody at Insomniac. Like, <laughs> like you can't necessarily have like one person just write this stuff. So, so Ben, one of our other writers, um, sent an email to the company and actually to, to Sony QA as well mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, we need to fill up the social feed with a bunch of stuff. You guys all know what the main story is. You know, mm-hmm. Here's some links if you need to familiarize yourself. Um, but we need you to be storytellers as well." So a lot of those tweets were written by dev members on on the team, which is oh, great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know if we were allowed to mention the uh, the, the doctor, because I know that was very well-kept secret, and I yeah. loved that. I sure. loved that the Sinister Six trailer was it's five. And then yeah. you're like, who is? Yeah, right. yeah. I really liked that when I was playing the game, I know a Doc's history backward and forward. And since you guys modified to make it yours, I didn't know where it was going. And in the, it, almost as soon as we meet him, we get nods to him becoming Doc Ock, but it doesn't fully land until way later. How early on in the writing process was him being a mentor part of the decision? It was definitely early on. We, we, we knew, so when we made the decision to, to make Peter more experienced, you know, in his early 20s, we all talked about what we were like in our early 20s and, and how we were, like, going out into the world and trying to figure things out. And we needed mentors, right? Um, so we figured Peter needed a mentor as well, um, sort of a father figure. Yeah. Uh, and, and having uh, Dr. Octavius be that person for him um, makes for a lot of juicy drama, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. later on. Um, so, so luckily, we had enough time over the course of the game to to develop that relationship um, and have yeah. those those moments like the the juggling tennis balls yeah. moment where yeah. you know they they come together as as humans and, and you can really see that you know they're both in this together they want yeah. to succeed together um, and then Doc Ock does what right. Doc Ock does it makes, it makes the heartbreak <laughs> you know? all the more yeah. heartbreaking yeah yeah it was a brilliant choice like getting getting to that not knowing that was coming it was just. The, the instant tragic power of putting him in that position, it speaks to, like, what these characters are capable of, but also mm-hmm. what you all accomplished. And you, I think you also made characters that are really hard to translate. We kind of touched on that, the best version of themselves. And that party scene, for example, that was hilarious. But these, these are the characters that are like, Ditko costume, over there. And yeah, then yeah. you meet the other version later on, that's the your yeah. version. That was such an inspired choice. Were there other ideas that were like this could work in this type of way and not that type of way? Like, were there? Uh, yeah, there were there were a ton of ideas. Um, at one point, I think Gavin, our, our lead character artist, he wanted like everybody at the party to be wearing Spider-Man costumes, and he actually it was great because he did, he did a test and there were like a hundred Spider-Men like standing around. It was hilarious, and I'm like, ah, it might be a little little too right. much. Yeah. I remember re- going in and realizing we were doing those scenes, starting to record the, the Halloween party. I'm like, this is going to be my favorite scene. <laughs> There's so much to mine in this. Yeah. I lived so. in that space for a long time. I, I'm always Scarlet Spider or Spider-Man 2099. Those are my two go-to costumes. Uh-huh. They are underappreciated in comic lore. Yeah. Uh, so I really enjoyed walking around as not Spider-Man, encountering those Spider-Mans and being like, ah. Yeah. And that's such an right. original thing to do. Was that a choice early on as well, to have the the suits be an option for throughout games totally we i mean that's something i think that i underestimated is how how much people really love customizing their their own thing um you know like like i i know that we wanted to have a bunch of different suits but only after the game was released and i saw everybody saying oh they got i have this suit but then other people were saying they didn't put this suit in there oh my god i (laughs) can't buy this game i need this suit (laughs) if if i hear another person ask for the raimi suit one more time (laughs) i'm gonna gonna choke someone (laughs) Um, but yeah, but like like you said, like these are my go-to. This is what this is my Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. and I know that was important to you guys yeah. when developing the game. We want people to feel like they get to well, they get their their Spider-Man. And and know? that goes back to your point about what what makes games special is that you feel like that character. Like when I play Arkham, you know, I am Batman. Like I I, I whisper <laughs> that to myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm Batman. <laughs> um, and and so that's the core of what we're trying to do. We're fulfilling a fantasy for all of us that we want to be these superheroes. So how do we? What decisions do we make along the way when making the game to to allow you to feel more like Spider-Man? 
I went around looking for a street lamp that looked like the cover of Amazing 60 so I could pose as Scarlet Spider under the street lamp to get the John Romita Sr. art book just for me. Yep. Not even yep. on a comic cover because that's the dedication you guys put into the game. Uh, Voice-wise, you did multiple takes of the same line under exertion, under like regular, not duress. What yeah. was it like filming effectively three versions of the same like did you run around the sound booth like how did you i I had a different physical thing when i was doing that and we didn't that was another thing that came in the Mm -hmm. as we were recording yep we realized that we should try this and we didn't know if it was gonna work like till 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 the game launch till till the game shipped (laughs) we still didn't know if people were gonna notice if they were gonna think it was stupid you know if they were you know whatever but um but yeah we because it's it's you, you don't know where you're going to be in the game at any one given time, and you he would sound differently if he was moving around. Yeah. So so for the, for the one version, it's just me, you know, standing behind the mic, calm, and then the other one, I'm literally doing this <laughs> behind the just to you know just to compress my stay on mic, Yuri, stay on mic, stay on mic, stay on mic, stay on mic. But we had to come up with a, and I, I would start off with a little effort that then they would cut off of each one of those. Like I'd start off with like a. <clears throat> And you know, and then I, and then we had to dial it in too, because at first I was getting notes back like uh, he sounds constipated. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> we, we don't want, we don't want that. We don't want poopy Spider Man. So, so we'd have to, you know, find it and you know, back it off just a little bit, but enough that that you could you could tell he was in motion. Yeah. Um, I feel I feel like like photo mode and that has yeah. ruined other games. Other games are like, oh, now we have yeah. to do this. Yeah. <laughs> The bar is so high. You guys changed gaming, and I'm so glad I got back into gaming for this game because it really is like welcome back. I, <laughs> welcome, my home. life You're is gone now. Yeah. I already read every Marvel and DLC DC comic every week. Now this and the yeah. DLCs I can't wait for. Yeah. yeah. Were there any? I don't want the ending is insane. I want everyone to get there on their own. I want you to experience the ending. Were there any things that you weren't able to? touch upon that you'd like to in future games like the ending's definitely world building incredibly is there mm-hmm. anything that you guys like really discovered that you, I mean without spoiling anything are there things mm-hmm. you'd like to do well I think I think spoil this, something uh, <laughs> without, I said without spoiling I'm being very cautious I didn't even say the ending <laughs> there's a lot of opportunities there I think you know if, if you played through the game and, and you know played and watched all the way through the credits you see there's a lot of dangling threads mm-hmm. there um, so we're excited to you know hopefully have the opportunity to pick up those threads and, and see where they're going to go mm-hmm. um, without spoiling anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think also, you know, as technology increases, like, like whenever, whenever, you know, we make a game um, and start working on another one, it's like, okay, what, what, is, what are games going to look like in three to five years? You right. know, because that's how long it, it takes to so make bizarre, a game. Yeah. Right? I can't yeah. imagine. Um, yeah. I hope this is ready by the time we're yeah. this way. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's how they it's did the moon landing, fortune right? Fortune-telling, you know? right. yeah. Yeah, they, they had to create technology to, to get to the moon, right? So mm-hmm. so we, we are kind of, I'm not saying we're, you know, asking <laughs> <laughs> Neil Armstrong. That's, that's, my, that's my other show, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah Orbital Shout Rats, out to Orbital <laughs> Right, I know. It was so hard. I, so I did an uh, on-set interview with Yuri, and I hadn't seen him since the game, and I was like, stay on focus, stay, do not talk about Spider-Man. You <laughs> don't talk about Spider-Man. So I literally was just like, congrats on Spider-Man. Okay, now to work. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. it, it is changing the internet. Like, this is the, the photo mode, the conversations, the reshaping of Spider-Man. This is mm-hmm. the conversation about a character that's been loved for 60-plus years. What has that been like walking around knowing that you've, you've affected diehard Spider-Man fans by giving them a definitive version for them? Well, look, this is, this is why we do what we do. Because we're gamers, you know, like, like I love escaping into, you know, interactive worlds, right? Um, and being able to give that to people and have them experience that. Like, the, the best things for me are when I see, like, pictures of families, like, sitting together on the couch, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there was one tweet that I saw where somebody said, you know, our family hasn't gotten this close in, in years, and now we're yeah. all sitting here playing Spider-Man. It's, uh-huh. it's just, it's great, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. When, when is your little one ready for video games? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's two. I, you know, he, he can barely, you know, grab the controller. <laughs> Um, at this point, I mean, ex- except to break it, which <laughs> I'm not going to say hasn't happened. But uh, yeah, not not just yet, but but someday. My son's almost someday. five, and and he likes to to watch. Um, like I'm I'm playing Assassin's Creed Origins right now because I'm really excited for Odyssey. Um, and so whenever I'm like riding the horse, he he wants to you know like yeah. control the horse, and I let him control it, and instantly like the camera goes up, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like both both thumbs, you know, it's getting there. Yeah, that's yeah, hard. Yeah. <laughs> so my last question, because I have to know, yeah. I've always, I've never uh, spoken to Spider-Man. How much <laughs> quipping 
increase in your home life was that? Like, how much did Tara have to deal with your sardonic nature increasing? Let's just say there was a nice dovetail <laughs> because I already had some, and then we had a kid, so now I'm a dad. So it like increased exponentially as we were making the game. I had a kid, up, like so. Yeah, so it was it was it was everything came together all at once, and now I, I mean I'm a quip machine at home, but, but she's used to it. She's and I and I was. I was terrible at it before, but now I can be terrible at it, and I have a reason because I'm a dad now. Yeah. <laughs> They're dad jokes. Dad jokes. They're the not supposed to be funny. And spider. Co- yeah. Oh. And at what point did you find out that you were going to spend a lot of this game talking to Yuri? I, that was at first. It was weird. You know, <laughs> after a while, we got used to it. But me saying Yuri and calling it to Yuri very often, and then on a level knowing that was also that it was my wife. <laughs> um, you know, several levels of meta. It's just so it went so deep. Well, I think we have to let you go, but thank you so much for coming today and for your wonderful work. Any final thoughts you want people to know about the experience of making Spider-Man or what to look forward to? Uh, You would know more about possibly what to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, well, this one's probably early. We have three DLCs that we announced. Um, The first one uh, is coming out very soon. Um, That's focused on Black Cat. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's two other ones that will come out hopefully before the end of the year. So excited yeah. now that I'm back yeah. in the games deal. I didn't know what a DLC was. I, yeah. I, I set up my PS4 and I looked for the cord on the controller. I actively I had the moment of, so thank you for yeah. getting me back. This game was more than <laughs> awesome. I ever dreamed of. It was Spider-Man. It is Spider-Man. And, and finding out on Facebook you were Spider-Man was still, it's always going to be the weirdest scroll of my life. Yeah. So <laughs> that game is perfect. So thank you guys so much. It's, it's been the dream yeah, to thanks, play. Boy. That's thanks, been the best baby. hours and days Please of my life. Literally it's good come to see you guys. Time to talk yeah. to us about this. Yes. Okay. Yeah, any DLC okay. you guys <laughs> want to pop in on, if you yeah. guys want to talk post-DLC, we're always welcome. Yeah, I won't spoil anything yet. Right, right. <laughs> so, like, third act, don't say that thing, but I'm so excited about that thing. Please acknowledge that Any thing. place we can direct people to check out more uh, updates online or other work? Uh, I think in the in the Sony store, um, you'll be able to, to get everything. Yeah, um, you're on Twitter. Right? I'm on Twitter. You're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Watch Orbital Redux Thursday nights. Orbital Redux. On, uh, on the uh, Nerdist uh, Project Alpha. Um, it interactive is, entertainment. Yeah, it's uh, interactive, live action, uh, live streamed, live everything, sci-fi. Adventure so. in an actual spaceship. In an actual spaceship I've stood in that is a spaceship for real. Like You'll see go. Yuri sweating a lot during, that's, during that's, that. That's right. <laughs> you know, sweating. There's a lot, lot of lot of a lot of balls in the air on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again, guys, so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So let's go home and play more. I really would like that choice to be a thing. Can I just go home and dive into that world? I mean, even like the difficulty settings. I already was like, this game is perfect. Because I didn't know where triangle was anymore. Because I've literally, I was looking at the controller going triangle, circle, X. Like I was doing the old man thing. I didn't stream because I was like, how do I control her? It was a whole thing. It's, uh, I'm not, it's fine. Any level of. of, I beat it friendly and I'm proud of myself. Heck yes. Uh, I'm on the middle setting. I'm not like a fiend. <laughs> it was new. So, I looked amazing. for a court. I looked yeah. for a court. So uh, that was incredible. I was oh so my excited God. to talk to. Yeah, Yuri is an incredible talent. The writing in the game, that was awesome. But we should probably talk about comic books. Yes! So We are now in the mood for comics. The poll list. This week, we both picked the same number one, if I remember correctly. Do we both uh, have eyeballs on the Mr. Superior oh. Octopus? I gotta see whatever's happening here. It's a Spider-Geddon spinoff. Uh, I love, by the way, that they, they name-check Christos Gage as part of the writing team. I, I don't yes. think I'd fully connected, but he's all over comics. He's a fantastic writer. Anyway, uh, Superior Octopus drops today. Blackbird number one, a fantastic-looking new image book from Sam Humphreys and Jen Bartel. Yes, and then our third book is What If Spider-Man with Flash Thompson? What if a boy founded in responsibility wasn't bit, but a very young, brash jock Flash Thompson? I used to love What Ifs. I've always loved the idea of Flash being Spider-Man. It's been nodded to, but this book very much intrigues me. The next up is a very weird, very exciting book, Batman the Max. Uh, Arkham Dreams, I think, is the title of this one. But it's actually by Sam Keith, creator of the Max. Uh, You will recognize that art style if you've been around comics for a bit. He is a legend, and he is doing his own bizarre, great Batman the Max story. (laughs) Do not miss it. And also Swamp Thing, Bronze Age Omnibus. We usually stick to comics, but we're trying to throw some trade paperbacks and omnibuses in there so you can get a culmination. This is some of the best Swamp Thing in the existence of Swamp Thing. There's so much good stuff. If you want a collected edition, this is a great place to start. 
Yep. Get hyped, because this stuff has been out of print for a little while. I'm going to start with Swamp Thing, which Please. I did sneak onto that list. Uh, but uh, they've been doing nice new editions of older material. It's become standard only in the last 15 years to like keep this stuff available or to try. Um, and this has been material that has been tough to get a hold of for True. a while. It is the original Swamp Thing. It is Bernie Wrightson and Len Wein setting the standard for all that would follow and basically making one of the best horror comics of all time. Uh, Alan Moore came in in the 80s, like 15 years later-ish, um, 10, 15, uh, and he reinvented Swamp Thing in a way that is like unparalleled genius. But for me, start with these, which are the straightforward, like every classic horror idea and trope beautifully and perfectly executed in the pages of Swamp Thing. And then when you get to the reinvention, it will mean all the more to you and your brain will still be full of Len Wein, Bernie Wrights, and goodness. And it's now in... So the, the edition you just looked at is a paperback version of the hardcover they recently put out. So they restored all the material, like put it out in a hardcover, and now there is an affordable paperback version. Mm. Uh, they called it Swamp Thing the Bronze Age to tell you it's the 70s Swamp Thing to help you narrow it down. Uh, but it's the original stuff in paperback for you to have on your bookshelf. Go get it. Uh, just in case they don't leave it in print forever, which they should. <laughs> but, you know, causing your Comics. Uh, my number one draft pick is Superior Octopus number one. Because Tell us about Superior Octopus now, number one. Now, I point. am not a diehard Superior Spider-Man guy. I think it's a bit uh, sacrilegious to make a character that is known as an underdog be a globe-trotting Tony Stark, including his money, and that all didn't work for me. But I loved the idea of the craziness of Doc Ock inhabiting his body. So, for me, Superior Octopus is the best of both worlds because it's in the clone of Spider-Man's body, it's Doc Ock's mind, and it's completely separate of my canon. So, I can appreciate the fact... Like, if Superior Spider-Man was a, a Elseworld, or if it was something adjacent to Spider-Man and didn't take over Amazing, I would have loved it. And when it became its own title, I was all about it. But when Peter Parker wasn't around because of Doc Ock and his body, and then Parker Industries and all that stuff, it lost me. I kept buying the books because I'm a collector, but I was like... Now, Superior Octopus is a perfect back to everything people loved about that book, the smarmy, the great, all the powers, all that stuff, but it keeps Spider-Man and him separate, and now he can be a villain to Peter Parker again. So in Spider-Geddon, we've got these things separate, we get Doc Ock back as a villain, we've got him in a clone body. It's the perfect, it's the best of both worlds. Everyone that loves Slot and everyone that didn't like that run, you get your cake and eat it too. That does sound awesome. The thing that I felt like people really responded to in Superior Spider-Man eventually, because we had a lot of sort of people at the store very reasonably resistant to that book, um, but a lot of people got won over because they ultimately really attached to uh, Ox struggled to try to be the better person. Right. Like whether the wider questions of like having the, the bad guy win and take over the good guy's body for a year or two, it's weird. Um, but it did like win people, a lot of people over. So it's exciting to see that concept come back and see people like greet an old friend in that way. I'm going to talk a little bit about Blackbird. Uh, Sam Humphreys is a fantastic writer. This is uh, a creator-owned book he's doing with an artist named Jen Bartell, who has been on my to-watch list for like five years and and is is current, finally becoming the superstar that she should be. Uh, she is uh, fabulous. It's telling an L.A. supernatural like conspiracy story, uh, and and it's just starting out today from Image. Uh, so go pick that up. And very briefly, what if is a very it was big in the seventies. I really liked the concept of it. Flash Thompson as Spider Man is definitely a bold thing. I think it could be a very fun read. It's an Elseworld type situation. These books are always fun, and the thing I can always pitch people about them on is they're one off. So you can pick up just this book, and it'll do a good summary of what you need to know. Dive into a new thing. That's all you need. So check out what if they're doing a whole run of them. This is the Flash Thompson one this week. All right, so that is all of our stuff. I believe that, that about everything. wraps it up. Uh, if you are in New York, find me on the floor at Comic Con and say hello. Uh, and we will, when we see you next week, have so much news. I am sure. And check out our spoiler review of Venom that we can only dance around today. That'll be dropping tomorrow. And if you're in L.A. or anywhere, check out our coverage of the fight because Khabib versus Connor is Saturday and I'm losing my mind waiting. It's coming. Rogue is going to be there. I'm going to be there. She's going to be at New York Comic Con. We're all winning. All right, we'll see you next week, guys. Stay sweaty.